0: This is Outspoken, the podcast that's not afraid to say exactly what you're thinking. Our names are Amy, Kate and Sophie Torver. We're identical triplets, but we often don't have identical opinions. So sometimes things can get heated. Outspoken covers all things reality TV, influences, entertainment and issues facing women.
1: That is so fetch. Thank
0: you. Bit of a public service announcement for anyone that was planning to get us a gift or whatnot. But it's our birthday in 13 days, so on March the 14th, and we're turning 32. It's really sprung up, and I feel like my scary age at the moment is 33. Oh, I thought it'd be 32. Uh, no, I feel like it's that's not a really 32. serious age. I feel like 32. One of our friends growing up said 32 was her optimal year that she was looking forward to. So I don't know, for some reason, 32 still sounds a bit young to me. Once we start verging into mid-30s, that's when I start freaking out a little bit. It's so funny because I remember when our friend was saying that she really wanted to be 32. And this was when we were like 12. I had this really like image in my head of this sort of homemaker woman wearing like a really colorful like pattern dress <laughs> could not be further <laughs> so from the truth. i remember saying oh why would she want to be 32 that's a terrible age to be gosh so this is i think pete you're giving everybody an insight into what i have to put up with working with you sophie because i'm like it's a privilege to be 32 it's not even old i look at it like the people on friends and they were you know in their 30s and they didn't have their life together and everything wasn't perfect for them but it's funny i try and get really philosophical when I'm actually approaching the birthday. I'm like, oh, it's a privilege to age. You know, when you read all those quotes, you're like, I'm it's fantastic I'm getting older, but then I don't really believe it. Oh my gosh, Sophie's the most annoying person when a birthday comes I around. What about before our 30th? She was in like the fetal position crying because she was, you know, not in her twenties anymore. <laughs> oh my gosh. What's hard? My boyfriend's younger than me, so I'm always feeling old because of that. Oh, well, just get an older boyfriend and you oh. feel young <laughs> all the time. <laughs> um, I was gonna say though, it is really hard to come up with ideas for stuff to do for a 32nd birthday. Yeah, especially with COVID. I mean, last year, our birthday was literally the last event for the year because Mm. it was, as we said, March 14th. And then I think it was two days after I was rung up and told that I didn't have to go back into the office, which then turned into me, being made redundant. Um, but anyway, so I feel like we've got to do something, but we're at a struggle to know what to do. We really want people's input because we want to do something fun, like an activity during the day. And we've chucked around, you know, going to bounce or, we even threw, this is probably a really random one and it's probably an indication maybe we need to have kids soon is I really wanted to go to the Plaster Funhouse and just paint something. Do you know what? The best part is I actually Googled the Plaster Funhouse and they have a birthday package and it was like, you know, it's $11 per person and you get your own little packet of chips and cake. And, and I'm like, can you imagine box. if we come in? Well, for those people might not know what the Plaster Fun House is, it's basically where you choose out a plaster item. So it might be a, a penguin or... Batman or whatever and you can paint them I feel very sorry for anyone that doesn't actually know what the plaster funny house was that needed that explanation because it seems like your <laughs> childhood wasn't that fun. Can we, can we would love those some sophisticated suggestions though about oh, what we should be have, doing? They don't have to be sophisticated. I just want to do something fun. We did throw around paintballing, but I feel like the whinging that will go on if any of us are hit and bruised by it. I bruise very easily. Like so I don't think it's a good option. And I also can't stand as Sophie's business partner to listen to the whinging that will ensue after this kind of thing. Well, I've got to call you out, Sophie when I got here this afternoon you were like
1: oh my back is so
0: sore so I feel like you are officially old well can Mm. I my back is sore because I have literally changed my sleeping position to accommodate for my dog Archie lying on my feet I care more about him having a beautiful night's sleep than me don't talk to me about dogs sleeping on your bed my dog's 35 kilos and he (laughs) a golden retriever and he sleeps on my bed
1: shoot me for wanting to to dream Shoot me for giving the kids something to aspire to. I'm bloody resigning. I'm so sick of it. Shove it up your ass, Margaret. I'm resigning, everyone. I'm out of here. That's it. I'm gone. There's my letter of resignation, and there's some flowers for my dead dog. Why don't you stick those up, your fat ass? Fuck off,
0: everyone. I'm gone. In the past six months, there's been an influx of anonymous hate pages directed solely at influencer Sarah's Day. The worst of the offenders is an Instagram account called Salty's Day, which has attracted over 8,000 followers and is allegedly run by a school teacher who used to be a fan of the YouTuber. Last week, the page revealed private details about Sarah's upcoming wedding, including the time, date and location. As of today, the page has been removed from Instagram. Now, so to kick us off, for those who haven't come across the account, what is Salty's Day? Well, it's really a byproduct of Tattle Life. Salty's Day used to be a user on the platform, which is an influencer-based forum. And she has now started this page to concentrate really on her hatred towards Sarah's mm. Day. And she also makes a point that she's holding Sarah's Day to account as well for all of the problematic behaviors she's done in the past. What I find most bizarre about this account is it seems as she actually was a super fan of Sarah's Day. And there's yeah. been something that's happened that's obviously turned her to the complete opposite side. Mm. And like a lot of other anonymous pages, it takes on a Gossip Girl persona. So in the bio, it says you're one and only source into the scandalous lives of Cronulla's elite XOXO. Well, in terms of what Salty's Day actually posts, I feel like there's such a big discrepancy between content that actually holds Sarah to account that is actually good and then the content that is just flat out bullying and one of those important things most recently that she posted was DMs that she had received from people who previously followed Sarah's diet and these are people who were once super fans of Sarah's day and idolized Sarah so much that they would copy what she ate on YouTube and these were really heartbreaking to read because they were tales of girls who had spiraled into eating disorders and they had blamed Sarah and said that that she had triggered these eating disorders. And of course, that is something that is very important to bring to the public's attention. And I think what was most disappointing about this is that these people said that they had sent the messages to Sarah and she had blocked them. I do feel like when I read these messages, though, that there is a bigger picture look that we need to take. While it's really easy to blame one influencer, the influencer that you've watched that might have triggered this sort of behavior, I feel like it is really important to look at the industry as a whole and how YouTube allows this type of content still on their platform. Like, why are there no regulations around diet culture and what is shared? Well, let's get back to what other sort of content Salty's Day is sharing, because as you said, I feel like a lot of the important messages she's putting out there are just being watered down by some of the immature, hateful content that Mm. she is sharing. So one thing she likes to share a lot about is she constantly accuses Sarah of being a bad mother and exploiting her son Fox by having him in her campaigns. She also seems obsessed with trying to prove that Sarah is lying about her son watching television. Oh my gosh, I saw this. this. There was a whole highlight on the page about this. And I was thinking, this is so ridiculous. Like, Basically, we're mum shaming Sarah for allowing her child to watch television. Like, mm. there would be so many parents out there that do the exact same thing. She also constantly comments on the alleged procedures that Sarah has had done to her face. She accuses of her of having Botox and lip injections. She calls out her use of plastic, the way she poses her leg. She's also accused her of being a cult leader. It's just so many different things. She's also pulls constantly pulls apart her products, saying that her recipes look like vomit The list just goes on. I did see one where she was pulling apart Sarah's um, deodorant and saying it wasn't a natural deodorant and listing all the reasons why. And it seems like this page has even gone as far as you know banding together with all her friends from tattle life to send sponsors requests not to work with Mm. sarah and to kind of spread the word against her it's like this sort of propaganda that they're trying to spread well what i find so juvenile is the way that they will share screenshots of sarah's most recent youtube videos and they'll basically just sit there together and watch and tear every single thing she says apart it's like if you hate someone that much surely consuming that much content about their lives is putting you in a bad mental state Yeah, and I think the fact that the page is dedicated to one person really makes it feel like it's bullying. I mean, we've spoken a lot about celeb spell check. There's also the Aussie influencer opinions page. And of course they're kind of deconstructing influencer culture and talk and holding influencers to account. However, it's directed at everyone. This mm. is just directed all on one person and this person is obviously trying to drive engagement to her page. So she is having to constantly put up Instagram stories picking on things that Sarah does. And I feel like No good comes from constantly looking at Mm. someone with a negative light. Like if you're going to watch a video and you're already thinking the worst of them... Of course, that's what you're going to get from the video. You're going to twist and turn what people say so it benefits the the hateful messages that you're trying to put out. And I just think she needs to think about a more meaningful way to air her legitimate concerns about her Mm. because this definitely isn't it. And I feel like she really crossed the line this week when she shared a screenshot of where Sarah's day and Kurt's wedding is going to be, the date, the location, the time. She basically put that out to a community of people who actively dislike her and it puts her family and son in a really dangerous situation. I thought that was really scary and when I saw the post, I felt very unsettled because as you said, these people actively dislike Sarah. So who who knows what they could be doing and what they could be planning. The thing is, it seems like tattle life the group on Tattle Life and Salty's Day was spurred on by the fact that Sarah released a vlog about her wedding, which is coming up. And she visited Byron and she had planned to hold the wedding at Elements. However, at the end of her vlog, she announced that she actually is going to announce something that changes everything, which is clearly the location. The location has changed. So instead of allowing Sarah to share that information on her vlog, these people thought, oh no, we're going to ruin her kind of clickbaity moment. And we're going to find out where the location is so they've googled her name and it's come up with this wedding invite so it seems like the information was very easy to find which is i know it brings up a lot of question marks about sarah's safety and the need for her to actually start taking it seriously But they seem to use this as an excuse just because they could find it on google it doesn't mean they have the right to then share oh, it to their community no definitely and, not and they were also urging people just to, to enter fake guest names into the accounts to you know screw around with their plans I haven't been a bride before, but I can imagine it's an incredibly stressful time. And with people doing these sort of things, it just it just ruins the lead up to your big day. Yeah, exactly. And the issue is that I don't think the person running this account actually realizes how damaging the account is to Sarah's mental health. This person reached out to us in our DMs and was talking to us. The and account owner. You the mean. account owner. And they couldn't actually comprehend that them sharing Sarah's invite could put her at risk. So I told the owner of the page, I said, don't you realize Sarah's day would get... A, a number of death threats per day she mm. could be scared for her life at her own wedding and they responded, and said oh no she wouldn't no one ever d-. you've well, made a hate page well, for it what i found most hypocritical was in the messages that we received from salty's day is the fact that she seemed concerned by the notion that her identity might be revealed yeah so apparently it seems like someone um, told her that there was a discussion happening in our community page about salty's day and she was like oh my gosh I want you to know that that person that everyone thinks it is isn't her and I've actually taken over the account and all this sort of stuff and it's like these people think they're untouchable because they run an anonymous account. However, the rumor has it that she's a school teacher. I mean, can you imagine how much this would ruin this person's career? And she put her own image during a live Instagram. She put her own face up and is now saying, oh no, no, that wasn't me. That was somebody else. I just find it so troubling that the person that runs this bullying account potentially as a school teacher like the i would be so upset if my child was in this woman or this man's class i just don't understand because when you look at it objectively and remove the fact that it is sarah's day and remove who Mm. whatever people's feelings are towards her What was the point of sharing her private details? What did it achieve apart from violating her privacy? I don't quite understand. I feel like their focus, like as Amy said, that this person that runs the account couldn't comprehend that this was actually a a total breach of Sarah's privacy. For them, I think it was all about the joy of ruining Mm. Sarah's next YouTube video. And they didn't actually think of the overarching consequences. Well, what I found so interesting is that Sarah and her family, they have remained pretty tight-lipped about the increasing hate she's been receiving but that was until last week when Sarah's sister Talia spoke on her Instagram story about the ongoing hate directed at her sister and she entitled her insta story cyberbullying is not a joke let's have a listen to some of what she said
2: My sister Sarah has been getting a lot of hate lately and it's really starting to affect her and it's starting to affect my family. I am here now on my own will speaking about this because I want to, because I love my sister and I want to protect her and I want to my family. Certain things that have been said lately have been ridiculous. Like there are, there are horrible threats to not only Sarah but to my family and to the people close to us and that's just not okay. We're these things to us in person would you say these things to Sarah in person I highly doubt it because you're too scared so why do you think it's okay to hide behind your screens and do it I think sometimes people forget that people who have maybe a greater following or who are a little bit more well known in the world are human like they have real emotions and they have real feelings as well like sometimes people forget and they think it's okay that they can target them or bully them, but it's not okay. Like, I, I can't believe this is even a conversation we still have to have.
0: I found this really interesting and because it was an actual real insight into Sarah and her family's life, because we've got to remember what Sarah puts out on Instagram and YouTube is a highlight reel of her life. She obviously focuses on wanting to be very bubbly and happy in the videos, but How could you not be unhappy and feel sad when people are going out of their way to hate on you in such a public forum? Well, I feel like they also haven't commented on it because they haven't wanted to give these people any oxygen and the satisfaction of talking about them. And I do think it is evident in her YouTube videos, the fact that there aren't as many as there used to be, that she is second guessing Mm. what she want to share and second guessing herself. Well, Sarah went on to her own Instagram story a day later after Talia v- released her video and she actually addressed the issues and she explained how, as you said, Sophie, she hasn't wanted to acknowledge these pages because she doesn't want to give them the attention when she could be giving pos- like, positive fans the attention. So let's have a listen to what she said.
1: Look, I've filmed this story section like five times. Yeah, come up here because i have such anxiety of getting taken out of context it's just like i don't know social media these days it's like people forget you're a real person with like a real family real friends you know what i mean and i just like i'm really kind of sick of myself or like being twisted you know in saying all of this i needed to take a little mental health break I guess one thing I really struggle with is like, I want to be open and honest. And when people say, why aren't you yourself on stories or why aren't you on stories? I want to tell you, I want to tell you everything, but I don't want to condone the type of behavior that that 5% say. I don't want to promote the things they do or promote the things they say. I don't want to highlight that because why would I big note that when there's so many other nice comments? I'm trying to have a serious conversation. You're not letting me have it. Come on, come in it. It's just when it starts involving my family and like personal events and personal things and like where we live, like it's not funny anymore. And it's not just like cyberbullying. It's like dangerous, you know? So when it reaches that point, I'm like, it's beyond me. But yeah, just some things have happened this week that I'm like, what is wrong? World. World to like call out anyone or shout out anyone I don't want it to be someone who's being mean and being nasty I'd rather it be someone who's doing good in the world or being supportive or even making me happy I don't want to call out someone who's an online bully and like yeah some of the stuff that's going on at the moment is just not okay is it it's not okay it's making mommy very sad
0: we came across how drained Sarah's day is from the whole experience, and I've got to say, I feel like we've all witnessed a small part of what it would be like to be Sarah's day. Because to be honest, every time we talk about Sarah's day on this podcast, regardless of how hard we are on Sarah for some of her problematic behaviour, our whole days end up being oh, ruined. It's because, never good enough. Like yeah. even if you know we did a topic on Sabian Soul, and we we said that Sarah was completely in the wrong for that, but apparently. It wasn't hard enough. And I think some people seem to forget that we are three separate people sitting on this podcast with three varying opinions on a topic, which I think makes the topic more objective. As journalists, we look at all different sides. We don't just look at the one side. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're we're not a hate podcast. We don't come in here to slam influencers. And at the end of the day, yes we do like holding influencers behavior to our account but we actually also love influencer culture we love following people like we love watching youtube and we just wanted a place where we can talk about it can i just say as well it was really interesting because she then later shared two insta stories where she pointed out the fact that she said thank you to those fans who do you know go up and greet her in the street but it's getting a little bit much because some people are turning up to her doorstep and peering over her fence expecting to speak to them and see her son and People still had an issue with that saying, oh, she's making it up. No, I saw everything. No, apparently they said that she doesn't have a leg to stand on because she promoted the fact that if you attend her um, her trip coming up that you can exercise with her, her boot yeah, camp, her retreat. that, you know, she said, oh, you can um, celebrate Fox's birthday with him and stuff. It's like that's very different. That's in a controlled setting. Mm. So you're, you're, you're comparing that, someone paying to be a part of this retreat and meeting mm. her and her family, you're comparing that to someone stalking her like what and just for those people who said she's making it up i can say i did share this in our facebook community that when we set up an interview with her partner kurt he was very secretive about his address because he explained that in the previous two apartments that they've lived at people have gone out of their way to find them and wait outside their door well salty's day and her sort of group actually had an answer to this and they said that Sarah publicly shares where she is all the time and doesn't really care about her own safety. So what was the issue with them sharing her wedding oh, details? Yeah. And look, I've got, I mean, I can see both sides of it. I can see the fact that, you know, she does really need to be more protective of her her privacy and of her security. However, Like, we're just sort of victim blaming here. We're excusing people and saying, oh, well, if someone puts up where they live, then they're open to being stalked. Do we really believe that when Sarah puts up Insta stories, that that's in real time? She probably does what a lot of influencers do and what we've seen people like the Kardashians do. They post their Insta stories and they have their phone on airplane mode and when they're home, they share them. Do you know what? I actually think she does share them live because her typos are bloody horrendous (laughs) and she says that she just puts them up straight away. So I actually do think she does it live. I think think she she probably does puts up the the caption later you can video and then put mm, up i caption. don't know i think she just i actually do think she does it live a, a few people have said they've seen her out doing it live and it goes up straight away i just really think and i really hope this happens she needs a better management team mm. she needs someone that's actually looking after her safety because it's quite scary i mean everyone can talk about the fact like oh you know it's just sarah's day who cares What happens if something happens to her or her son Mm. like Mm. it's not going to be a joke anymore and we've had celebrities like Taylor Swift has been stalked Kendall Jenner has been stalked and while you might say oh well Sarah's day is not on their level the amount of hate and obsessive behavior that is surrounding this YouTuber is massive exactly as you said there's 8,000 people who are following everything this account says they've put details to where she's going to be on her wedding day. Who's to say that one rogue wouldn't, fan wouldn't come? Oh, an and egg and her, her, or, yeah, you yeah, know. exactly. Well, I read this really fascinating article entitled When Fans Become Haters, and it was discussing when idolizing someone turns negative. So the first, there's two different theories about how this happens. So the first theory is that when you idolize someone, you're actually more attached to what they represent to you. So mm. you're an, attached to this image that you have in your mind because it somehow fulfills something inside you. And this is actually called the Santa Claus complex. So for example, when you idolize someone, you imagine them to always be loving. They're never angry. They have a perfect house or they eat certain foods. However, the second that their image deviates away from the image that you have in your mind, you decide that they're not what you thought that they were. So perhaps in some certain way, they have shattered your hope in humanity. I know that sounds really (laughs) like out there. Look, that does make sense to me because I watch a lot of YouTubers and there are certain YouTubers you watch for certain reasons it might be like relaxing content you might really like their fashion and you do really put them in this box of what they present to you. And when that illusion is shattered, because you feel like you've got this real personal connection to them. Yeah. Like you feel like, you know, these people you're watching, like these people, you're viewing them every day on your phone screen. You're then watching them on YouTube. There's a real mm. personal connection there. It's kind of like when you have a crush on somebody and then you think, <laughs> think that they're, they're so perfect. wonderful. And then you realize they're just an asshole. Well, well, yeah. The other theory is really interesting because it has to do with human ego and I need to compare. So Our tendency to compare ourselves to other people makes idolizing someone really dangerous. So when we idolize something, we very quickly compare ourselves to whatever we idolize. And then we begin to feel inferior to it. So the human ego cannot handle this. And we begin a very subconscious strategy to try and gain equality. Basically, we start to tear this person that we feel inferior to down. So so like bring them down to your level because they're making you feel like you're not good enough. That's right. I just want my life back. Instead of playing fucking stupid tasks all day for a £200 shopping budget. I realised this week how sad my life actually is because I feel like it was improved by maths being back. See, I was the opposite. I found that I didn't have enough time during the week to keep up on all of the episodes, so I've got two waiting for me tonight. I just, I love that it's back. I was a little bit like you, Sophie. I know I said I realized I don't have a life, but I did have to cram in three <laughs> episodes last night. It was quite hilarious how, because... Sorry, how did you watch three episodes in one night? They go on and oh, on and on. I didn't quite finish it. It was so funny because I let Reese watch the basketball and then um, I said, can we put maths on? And he had a PlayStation update running and it had 40 minutes to go. And he, he joked that he was going to go watch the screen of the update <laughs> rather than maths. Well, this is the first time Dale was actually sat down and watched maths for me. And I've just been enjoying watching his reactions because I think feel like he wants to hate it, but he secretly enjoys it. Yeah, it's great water cooler talk. I mean, we were all talking about it at family dinner, and I've got to say, what stands out the most to me is the the absolute fuckwit guys on there. Mm. I'm I, sorry to swear, but... Is this a representation of the the single men in Australia right oh, now? I'm so glad I have a nice partner, because this would make me <laughs> depressed. Like, I remember being single, <laughs> and everyone's like, go out, let's go out, and you'd go out, and you feel worse because of the absolute dickheads that were out and about. Well, I just couldn't get over the exchange between Melissa and Bryce on Wednesday's episode so basically the producers set up this truth box which is always going to cause trouble yes of course (laughs) and the question in there from Melissa was am I your usual type have you guys heard what he responded? Yeah. I felt sick listening to it because Melissa just seems so lovely. And for those who aren't keeping up, she has had... Well, it's quite confusing. They When they announced her, they said that she hasn't ever been on a date and she's 31. So your mind's ticking over like, what the fuck? And then they say that... <laughs> then it comes out that she <laughs> that she had a boyfriend when she was nineteen. So does that mean that he didn't take her on a date? Well, maybe he just took her out to McDonald's or something like that. I feel like that's what it, teenagers is, do. Is that still a date though? I like, don't think that classifies but, as a date. But what about when you're together? Like if you go to a dinner, is that it? like a lot of people call it date night? I have no idea. Why don't we throw to what he said? Because I listened to this again and I couldn't actually fathom how rude it was. Am I your usual
1: type? Um, it's a tough question.
2: I'll be completely honest. Not 100%. I've always gone for the
1: blonde hair, blue eyes, tan kind of girl and someone like usually
0: taller. I can't ever say hi. I'd 100% come up to you in a bar
1: and, like, i come up and buy you a drink, because I don't know.
2: But definitely when I first saw you, I was like, okay. Not my type, but, you have got blonde hair. She's not ugly. I
1: don't know what to say to her.
0: say if there are any men who are actually listening to our podcast can we reiterate when a woman asks, do you find me attractive am i your type just say yes especially when you're being filmed on national television wouldn't you just say i don't have a type like that is the easiest way to get around the question And saying that you're not ugly is probably the most offensive thing you could say that's basically saying you are ugly. Do you know what I remember? So we were like very heavily bullied at high school and we were standing at the bus stop and this girl, um, a girl that we didn't like, her older sister drove past and um, abused us and called us the effing ugly triplets. And I remember <laughs> we went home and we told dad what they said and he said, you're not ugly. So maybe this is something that men don't think is offensive. Yeah, but well, I think where I'm drawing a parallel between these two stories is that we had very low self-esteem and mm-hmm. were quite insecure. And that's what Melissa seems to be. So maybe this is why she ended up apologising to him over the oh, whole the audit. gaslighting that went on. The key point that we're forgetting here is these two slept together after the wedding. So he's telling her, oh... I didn't think you were ugly and yeah. he slept with her how hurt and the worst bit was before this whole truth box came out she was going on about how you know comfortable they were together and how good everything was going and you could just tell that she was excited that she'd found this really nice guy and he did seem really nice at the wedding well you could just see all over her face how offended she was and he she didn't even have to say anything he said what were you hoping, I'd say? That I thought you were the most gorgeous oh. girl in the world? Or is that the answer you were hoping for? Oh my for? God, that just rubbed it in. I actually reminded me of my toxic ex-relationship. Some of the things like, and I could just feel how she felt. Like, you mm. know, when you're so choked up that you can't even speak. But I was really proud of the fact that she came out and said that she didn't think he was there for the right reasons. Because this guy has just gotten out of a five-year long engagement. Basically, as reported on So Dramatic, he's dumped his girlfriend to be on the show to get famous, which is so disappointing. Well, did you guys hear him interviewed on Kyle and Jackie O? Because he said that he was horrified to look back at the episode Mm -hmm. and that there was a lot more stuff we didn't see in the conversation. He did also add in that attraction does grow over time. Well, mate, you must have been pretty attracted to her to sleep with her on the first night. Well, the thing that pissed me off the most was Melissa had the guts to say this and then he turned it back on her and was saying how offended he was. Like it was gaslighting at its very best and it made me feel sick because she then apologized to him. Well, the toxic masculinity exhibited on this show is just getting worse. Did you guys see Thursday night's episode where Sam told his wife Coco (gasps) what he needs in a woman and he basically told her that he dumped his ex-girlfriend because of her breast size. So apparently they weren't quite what he needed. And her, her bum wasn't big enough as well. The thing that I found so vile as well was that he said, it's frustrating for me because it's like I need a girl with boobs and it's like like not everyone has big boobs so it's frustrating. I'm so sorry that you're frustrated mate by the lack of big boob girls. We're frustrated by your vile bleached hair. Exactly. Well, I love someone in our community. They wrote um what is he does he need a breastfeed? Like well, what is the purpose of him having Her having big boobs. Do you know what I love? Because Dale's been watching the episode with me, I kind of explained to him that the experts aren't really experts and they're there just to sort of – Shit Yeah, shit basically – Or add some validity to the show that, you know – and, you know, the girl that was partnered with the footballer, apparently all she asked for was somebody with a nice smile and they gave <laughs> her the guy with the bad teeth. And so I'm guessing that this guy has said, oh, boobs are so important. So they've gone, okay, this woman is well, flat-chested. Let's partner Well, them. she's I not she actually flat-chested. She, she, he said that she had enough boobs for him. Oh, sorry. Okay. Can I just say, though, like what message does this send to young women watching at home who have smaller boobs? Like mm. as someone who is rather flat-chested, I just find it revolting that this is all. All this man seems to care about and look for in a woman. It's not like, oh, I need a great personality. I need someone who's smart. It was pretty shocking that this sort of attitude still exists along amongst men. It's like, what if some? What if she'd come back and said, "I'd like a big dick." It's (laughs) really frustrating that men out there don't have big dicks, which would have been. I'm sure if she said that, she would have been slut shamed. Oh, exactly. Well, I really hope that his fashion line isn't directed at women because I can't imagine he'll be getting too many sales after this.
1: I drew the duck blue because I've never seen a blue duck before and to be honest with you, I I wanted to see a blue duck.
0: Let's get into the influencer wrap. And as we teased on Friday, Danny Mansudi is back in Australia. Now this sort of came out at 8pm on Friday night. So we were so annoyed that we couldn't actually break the news on Friday's podcast as it was being edited by Sophie at the time. We were wondering whether to remove that segment from there, <laughs> but we still thought it was relevant. What surprises me is it has just been a little over two weeks since she put up her message saying she would not be on social media anymore after revealing that she couldn't get a ticket back to Australia. Two weeks because obviously she was in quarantine. No, but what surprises me is that she revealed on her YouTube that there's no way she can get home. So I Mm. found it weird because... This sort of process, if you're coming home on compassionate grounds, it sounds like it does require a lot of supporting evidence in order to get home. So I don't know how the cogs move so quickly for her. Look, I've got to say the post that she put up was really touching and I do very much feel sorry for her if she is struggling with mental illness. However, it did leave a bad taste in my mouth. The fact that she then has gone and removed all the highlights where she acknowledged her problematic behavior. She removed the post where she sort of said her farewell well to Instagram And it kind of seems like it was a bit of a move to get people off her back and go do what she wanted to do. And for people to worry, oh my gosh, has she done something to herself? I mean, I know we felt terrible because a lot of the information that she discussed in her sort of farewell to Instagram post was things that we'd spoken about on her podcast. And I was feeling a bit like, oh my God, I hope she's okay. Well, I really do hope that she does continue to advocate for expats who are trying to return home to Australia. It will be interesting to see if she does continue that mm. and as you guys touched on i do feel sorry for her because i do feel like she was genuinely in a very dark place but i do also think about australians who are stuck in the uk at the moment and see her process somewhat
2: faster through yeah, yeah.
0: Moving on, is it just me or have these things called little moons been popping up in every UK influencers videos? I'm like, are they getting sponsored to promote them? Yeah, oh. I've seen them everywhere and they're also big on TikTok. So they apparently these little moons have been around for 10 years and they've only just soared in popularity again due to TikTok. What are they? Are they like ice cream or something well, in the middle? I actually watched a bloody 40 minute video of Anastasia Kings North making them at home. They're little pastries with ice cream in the middle and then they're frozen. Pastry? No, it's a, it's a, pastry. Pa- no, it's a Japanese inspired dessert soap. So, yeah, it was, but what it was, was that? I, I think it was, was like an ice cream yeah. bite or something. So, it's a yeah, com- it's pastry with ice cream. So, it's a combination of traditional Japanese <laughs> rice cake and ice cream. So, they're basically a tiny ice cream sandwich and they were created by Howard and Vivian Wong 10 years ago because they it? wanted to bring the rice to the mainstream. Doesn't this just show how powerful social media platforms are? It does. It does. Because apparently if you go onto TikTok, the hashtag Little Moons has been viewed over 54 million times and it's seen sales rise by 700%. So you can't get these little moons in the UK. That's why people like Anastasia are making them. And even I checked if you could buy them in Australia and they're sold out. Do you know what? When I sit and watch these videos late at night, it is so cruel because I just want to try one. Yeah, they do look really yummy. I don't know. I feel like they don't look that good. I feel like they just look, you know, when you put ice cream in the fridge and it sits out and melts and then refreezes again, I feel like it would have that yucky kind of (laughs) taste. (laughs) That's what Anastasia's looked like. Hers were a complete fail. Well, moving on to another one of our favourite UK influencers and Saffron Barker has taken viewers inside her new home in her latest video posted to YouTube. What did you guys think about this? I was so excited for this YouTube video because she teased earlier in the week that we were going to get, you know, the first glimpse of her house and we Mm. saw nothing. This house is absolutely insane it's basically an old school mansion that needs renovation the rooms are enormous so it doesn't actually need yeah oh, renovation. i was gonna say is this like it's when not. sarah's day's house needed renovation no, it, it is actually, exactly it is exactly like that. this is pretty dated yeah I, it's dated but it's not but it, if you were a normal person like you know i've bought oh, yeah. a house not a palatial mansion and there are things like you know the wet areas are all new however like you know we've got slate that we want to rip up but we don't come in there and rip it up straight away Yeah, we it, don't have any money yeah well her video is literally like we're going to take down this wall and we're going to move it 30 centimeters and they are even ripping down the staircase and moving it somewhere did anyone see because her mum, like the vlog before she revealed her house um they sort of went to the house and her mum gave her some housewarming gifts did anyone see that yes. plate that she gave her it was the most <laughs> hideous plate i've ever seen and it was like oh it's a beautiful display plate it probably cost like a grand i for love the- her I love her mum, Wendy. I think I like Wendy more than I like – I mean, I like Saffron, but I feel like I'd I'd watch the mum if she had Mm. her own YouTube. Well, Mm. for those who haven't seen the plate, it's this kind of cut-off face. It goes Mm. with all of the bum vases and the other weird (laughs) faces around the house. i am going to say, do you think Saffron liked it because she said to her mum, oh, oh, what made you pick this one? Because apparently there's, like, thousands of them in the collection. Hmm as she would say, this house is absolutely unreal. It is massive. There are four bedrooms upstairs. There's also this little nook area that she's turning into a studio. There's a room for a massive gym. The thing that I find most interesting is she's condensing the four bedrooms into two. So Mm. she's knocking down walls to make her bedroom even bigger. And she's also (laughs) creating this massive glam room and wardrobe. I'm so surprised that she's actually living through the renovations. That doesn't really make a lot of sense to me because I don't know why she doesn't continue living with her parents while the renovations are going on. I reckon she'll move back in when they start <laughs> happening. But what I'm also shocked about is the fact that they're in lockdown and these renovations can go on. Yeah, mm. well, I mean, that's just within their rules, I think. Yeah. The thing is, it's going to be the most amazing YouTube house. That kind of sounds like what she's designed it for because it's going to have the gym downstairs. It will have the massive glam room. But a lot of followers have been saying, How is she going to resell this house? Who's going to buy a two-bedroom mansion like this? Well, she did explain. Apparently, I don't know, I'm not a builder, but somehow the walls are somewhat retractable, so they can be easily moved back in to fit a four-bedroom house, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, apparently this house that she's purchased was actually owned by a family and lived in for like 20 years. So can you imagine if you then go on YouTube and you're watching your family home being torn apart and turned into this absolute palace? Well, I think that is all we have time for. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. If you could, we would absolutely love it if you could subscribe to our podcast and also join us in our Facebook community. We're at Outspoken, the podcast community.